Hour number two of the show here on your Wednesday. Good to have you with us today. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. A superstar stellar guest day. Jack Rice is kind enough to join us right now to talk about some legal issues. The best criminal defense attorney in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota, hands down. Jack Rice Defense. That's at jackricelaw.com, jackricelaw.com. Uh, if you you have a case, sit down, talk with him. He'll give you a straight talk there, and I I 100% uh, stand by Jack. He is fantastic on this, and he's also sensational on TV because you've been doing a lot of court TV lately. Yeah, yeah, Matt. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it, <laughs> I just I just squeeze it in. You know what I mean? It's like so. For instance, right before I left, I'm in Atlanta right now. For court TV, I, I'm in, I'm in court tomorrow morning, so I'm flying out as soon as this is done. I was in court right before I left. I just had a, like this little tiny window, and they're like, "Can you come down?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay," because there's good food down here too. So oh yeah, I, I'm a, you know how it goes. I mean, come on, that just pulls me in. <laughs> I get sucked in easy. I'm I'm seriously. I my, my vacations are now planned on what I can eat when I'm there. <laughs> well, what does it say when people ask you, how was your vacation? It's, oh, well, you should tell you about this one dinner I had. Yep. And I worked my way from meal to meal. I don't know how that happened in my life, but for whatever reason, when I prioritize, I can tell you I've traveled around the world and I'll say, I, you can't believe the pho that I had here. Oh, my gosh, those spring rolls were fantastic oh. when I was eating this. Yeah, it's stupid, but there it is. You and I will need to do a South Korean Seoul street food tour. I, I'm all for that. I want to do that before too long. I'm in. All right. I'm in. All right. Well, I, I, I mean it. By the way, I, I mean, there's some places just in St. Paul I can take you when it comes to that uh, issue. We can go over on University. We can go up Rice Street. There's a bunch of friends of mine. Uh, it's like some of the food. You just got to know where to look. And right. you're like, wow, that's really good. I'm going to take you up on that for sure. 100% my friend. Uh, there has been obviously the case. I want to talk about legal issue in Britain. First, uh, and this is a case of Adam Johnson, the UMD hockey player, NHL player, uh, tragically killed when a skate blade caught him in the neck uh, and and died basically on the ice and in the arena. There has been an arrest in that case. Now, what's interesting about this? I am I am not a hockey mind. I I don't play hockey. I defer to a lot of people that know hockey better than I. And it is a bit of a, you know, some people, one person thinks he indeed did try to hit him in the neck, in the head, neck area with his blade. A lot of people say it just looks like incidental contact. It doesn't go on. But the British police have made an arrest here and plan on charging, I think it's manslaughter in England on the player who, uh, whose blade, well, it's not, I don't think it's known for sure, but Matt Petgrave is the player whose blade hit uh, Johnson in the neck. So I guess the question starts there. What, what did, first of all, your thoughts on this case overall? Because I, I don't think this would be a case to get charged in the United States. Well, that is an interesting question, Matt. See, that's part of what makes this kind of wild. So we have to go back to October 28th. And what we have is, is a guy who was an enforcer, and he was known by some as, as, and this is the term you will hear, a dirty player. But the real question is this. What ended up happening is this happened on the ice with Petgrave's skate actually coming up all the way to the level of Johnson's neck, slices his neck, he bleeds out. And so the question is, what do you do in a case like this? They charged Petgrave with, and they're not saying this, but it's Petgrave because he's the one who did it, yes. um, with manslaughter. The thing is, that is not an intentional charge. So in other words, 
he doesn't have to have intended to kill him. This is just goes with essentially a gross negligence, a really recklessness. The thing is, is actually the standard in Minnesota could actually be lower for an involuntary manslaughter, which is only recklessness. The reason this is interesting to me is that in many ways, we see incredible violence in sports all the time. And the question becomes, does this have the possibility of opening up the question of having law enforcement essentially walk onto a football field, walk onto the pitch, walk onto an ice rink, if you see somebody who intentionally goes and do something? Because we would never say, let's face it, I'm a football player, I can walk onto a field, I can pull out a gun and shoot somebody in the face during the game. Can I do that? Clearly not. No. But the question is, is what would happen if I walked onto a field and I purposely hit somebody in the knees because I wanted to take them out. How about that? Is, is that appropriate? Or is that something that somebody signs up for when they become a football player? I'm allowed to commit a crime against somebody and because I, I, I play football. That doesn't really quite make sense either. But generally, law enforcement stays off the field. So in this case, they made a decision to charge Petgrave with manslaughter. And that's a wild decision because it opens up this broader question of people who overstep the line, who do things on the field, and this isn't even an intentional act. The uh, Todd Bertuzzi, I don't know if you remember him, I think it was a Vancouver Canucks game in Canada. He drove the guy's face into the ice and, and basically ended his career. Uh, you could see him smiling as he did it. Once again, held accountable. He actually was was charged in Canada uh, under that law. And I heard multiple people once again say that if that was in the United States, it probably wouldn't have happened because most the prosecution would have looked at it in a sense being that, well, that's just part of the game that you signed up for. Well, but see, that's a great question. And again, I would defer to people who are who are huge fans of this in terms of how they see it in that. But But tell me this, first of all, in every, in every criminal statute, there is no exclusion for sports, yeah, right? Exactly. There is, yeah, there's yeah, nothing right. in there that says, except for what if I'm playing football. Uh, so, so that is true. Uh, but at the same time, when I sign up for the violence that happens inside of a, of a football game, am I also saying that on a football field, anybody can do anything they want because it's justified? And if they can't, where is the line? What happens if somebody says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take somebody out because I can. Is there a distinction between saying, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go after this quarterback just as he lets go of the ball, and I'm going to take him in the head, and I'm going to, I'm going to take his career, and I want him out forever. Is that just something say, well, you know, you're out for the game, and we're going to find you 50 grand? Or... Is this something that not only has this destroyed this guy's career, your intention was to destroy this guy's career, and this is actually a criminal act. Mm. And, I, and I bring that up because that's really what they're talking about when it applies to Adam Johnson. And for people who aren't hockey fans, Adam Johnson is from Hibbing. Adam Johnson uh, played for UMD. Adam Johnson is former NHL. And now he was playing in Great Britain when uh, he was hit, when his, his neck was slashed, and frankly, when he died on the 28th of October. So this is a local boy question, if you will.
Mm-hmm. The when you look at this, obviously, I, I'm guessing from what you've described in the manslaughter charge over there, that if they had with, with Petgrave, the if there was a intent, if they had found, uh, I'm going to bring my skate up and I'm going to try to, you know, if if I get the chance, I'm going to try to hit the guy in the head just to try to give him a cut, or if it's, it's something that he's done before. It sounds like you you're, you could make an argument that they probably wouldn't have charged man, uh, manslaughter. They probably would have gone with a more, a more harsher charge because there would seem to be some level of intent there. Is that a safe way to say yes. that? Yeah, okay. Yes, I, I think that that's true. I mean, again, I'm going to the extreme. I walk onto the ice and I pull out a gun and I shoot somebody in the head. That's a murder charge, right? Well, what happens if I pull out a knife and I stab him in the neck? Well, that's a murder charge. But what happens if I take my skate and I purposely slash at their neck with it? I make contact and they bleed out because of it. Well, that's a murder charge. And frankly, why wouldn't it be? Because if the intent was to actually do that, that's why you charge first or second degree murder. That's that's how it works in criminal law. In this case, they're simply saying, we don't believe he intended to murder somebody, but when they looked at the videotape, and people have different opinions on this, I think their argument was when, he, when Matt uh, was hit, he lifted his leg and he kicked very high up into the chest and neck area of, uh, of Johnson. So I'm not, not, not low, not at his knees, not even at his waist. This went way up and he kicked at him. And there are some who say this should not be a manslaughter charge. This was actually an attempted murder charge. I think they decided we don't see the intent here, but this certainly was uh, negligence or gross negligence. And it, that's it, what makes it interesting. And you bring, and, and like I said, and you bring up the point about where do we go with this? I mean, last night uh, the T Wolves took on the Golden State Warriors. Dramon Green. Uh, was choking Rudy Gobert. I mean, he put him in a full, you know, WWE neck lock and pulled him back. And, you know, pretty much you know, an incredibly aggressive thing. Got, the guy got thrown out. Green got thrown out of the game. But if all of a sudden he had, you know, broken a bone in his neck or crushed his windpipe, now all of a sudden we're looking at something very different. And I think that the question then becomes is where is that delineation line? I mean, the, 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 the coaches eventually got Green to let him go. And, you know, he was thrown out of the game. But, I mean, you choked a guy. You, I mean, you choked a guy on a court in the game. I, I, is it too hard to expect that maybe then the police do get involved in something like that? See, I think that is ultimately the question. I mean, let's face it. We know uh, when, when guys are fighting on the ice and whatever, you can think that makes sense or you can think that's stupid. And I, I guess I defer to other people on that. It strikes me that when you're playing with the pros and because that's what is acceptable behavior and apparently even, even uh, all the refs are fine with that to some degree, I think you sign up for that. That's, that's part of what you sign up for. And that is sort of, if you want to call that the hockey exception, I mean, it's nothing in the law, but it is something that basically says, come on, you're kind of signing up for it. But if I'm playing basketball, is there anything in the rules, any place in there that says, not only do I get to choke you, I get to hold on and keep choking you until all of the, of the coaches have to come and pull me off? Is there anything anywhere in any rule that says that that's cool? I don't think so. And by the way, if this weren't on uh, a, a court, would that be fine? And do you explain to me if they if they go out to dinner after the fact and that happens, would you charge him with with assault by strangulation? Would you charge him with something like that? 
It's just an interesting thought in terms of where this could go next. Uh, Jack Rice, kind enough to join us once again. JackRiceLaw.com is the website. You can find his, uh, find out about him and how to get in touch with him there. So I want to turn directly over to Trump because I haven't had you on with all these charges and all these cases down in Atlanta. They're flipping like Cirque du Soleil down there, uh, on that case. But, uh, I, I want to go up to the case in New York, the fraud trial, because he's, he's filed that Trump has filed, uh, a, 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 a mistrial, um, uh, mo- uh, motion, because he says the judge there, I guess, was too friendly with his clerk or was talking to his clerk too much, uh, and and that that that's not allowed. I mean, what what is that? I mean, is there something there in his justification? I'm going to presume judges talk to their clerks during trials, correct? Yeah, yeah, they they certainly do. I mean, let's start, if you will, just because I'm in Atlanta. Let's just just go with me for just a second. <laughs> please do, please. There, he has a whole lot of trials that are coming up. He's got a lot of very busy things ahead of him, does uh, Donald Trump. But the one in Atlanta is the one that he needs to be afraid of. Truly, that's yeah. the one he needs to be afraid of more than any of the others. And the reason is, is because the DA down here has a lot of experience handling RICO cases. And why that matters in this particular instance is because RICO in, in Atlanta, where I am right now, in Georgia, is like RICO for the feds on steroids. When they started RICO, this was designed to go after the mob. And, th- and that's how they were using it. But what they did is Georgia took it, and they, they actually cranked it up and put it on steroids. And she has actually prosecuted multiple people of RICO very, very successfully. So she has a ton of experience with it. And so when you're talking about them going after Donald Trump down here, it is a much different animal than you see in most other places. Now you add, as you said, the Cirque du Soleil aspect of this, where they just had three of his lawyers flip on him because they just pled guilty. But the biggest part is they pled guilty to their own crimes, but they also agreed to testify against the president. Now you have his own lawyers and a whole ton of other people Every single one has flipped who ultimately is facing trial because they recognize the avalanche of not just evidence that they have, but now somebody who's really, really good at prosecuting them for the very crimes they face. And the problem that Donald Trump has is he had a very good lawyer down here. And that lawyer, this is according to some scope that I have from a lot of people I know in this city, and where I am right now, uh, who were telling him some things that he wasn't happy about. So he kept firing his lawyers because he was telling, they were telling him the truth. And he didn't want the truth. He wanted something else. So you just keep firing people till you get what you want. Well, guess what? He may get what he wants, but it's not going to be what he really wants. Well, now, let's move on. Well, and can, can I ask one thing about <laughs> Jenna Ellis down there? Because when I see her and the way she is acquiescing right now, you just said it. I mean, it does seem like she has the goods on them. Are you surprised by the amount of people who have already taken plea deals? Or would no. you? Are, are, no, 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 Matt. Matt, none. I am not. Not okay. even close. Right. In fact, I think the power of what she has down here is quite extraordinary. And when you take a look at the, the amount of, of information that she has, when I'm talking about documents and emails and text messages and all that, and, and you get some of the things that have been coming out now as a result, when 
we had Donald Trump saying that at least one of his lawyers saying she, they claimed that she he was she was never his lawyer, and that was all part of the, the line. Except for now, when that information is coming out, she is saying in these messages, "Yep, he was calling me all the time for legal advice on these issues, and specifically calling me his lawyer, and I was absolutely his lawyer." These are her words. Yeah, this is what she's saying, and so all of that's going to basically come back and bite Donald Trump because the idea of saying, I don't know what these guys were doing. No, he knew exactly what they were doing, and they're going to lay every single piece of this out for a jury when Donald Trump runs. And they expect this thing to run into sometime 2024, certainly into 2025. And this is going to go nonstop between now and that. So all the way up through the election, it's going to be wild. All right. And and so and then just because I know we are tight on time, let's briefly on on New York here. Um, The the clerk clerk, uh, mistrial movement here. So you don't feel as if there's anything there that's going to give Trump any toehold on in an argument? Nothing. Nothing at all. In fact, they're making all the arguments they've been making the entire time. Yeah, they're not real happy with just how this is going. What the judge has already determined in this case is that fraud took place. Yes. That's already done. That, that ship has already sailed. The only question is how much. And the real problem is, is that Donald Trump and his quote-unquote empire is going to be run out on a rail because they're not going to allow them to operate in New York anymore. This is the, the economic, if you will, epicenter of the planet. And when you're actually saying you can't operate here at all, that is quite extraordinary. So we see that the claims that the president is making in this $250 million civil fraud trial simply don't hold any water. And, and the problem is, is you're arguing to the judge that the judge uh, is, is making the mistakes to the judge, and the judge gets to decide whether he was. I can tell you from a lot of experience in front of judges, most judges, even if they were doing something wrong, not that he is, they generally never say, oh, yeah, you got me. Got me. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't got it. You know what I mean? You don't. Go, I think you don't that's, com- a le- that's a legal description. It's got it. You, you know? don't. You, you don't, don't complain about a strike in a baseball game because no umpire is going. Oh, you were right. I, that was a that was a ball. You know, that's that like ah, oh, you got me. You know, I <laughs> thought we were going to slide that one through. No, no. Okay, you got me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I, I, not been my experience either. I've heard some rumors that he might be looking for a deal uh, in New York. Is have you heard anything on that? No way. No. No way. No. No. I mean, I, I'm sorry if we take a look at what Donald Trump is. And he usually has, I mean, he, if he finds a way to, to, to ultimately uh, avoid this, he's been very, very successful at crushing anybody around him just by just sheer weight. And he's done that in the past in terms of lawsuits. The problem that he has here is that these people have unlimited amounts of money. I, I, this is, they have more money because they, can, they just keep going. When you're actually fighting the government, The government has more money than everybody, and they don't contemplate the expense of doing that. That's the difference that I think we haven't seen. He's been sued so many times by individuals who can't survive the fight. The the difference now is the fight that he he is facing is from people with unlimited coffers, and I mean the U.S. government, the government of Georgia, other ones in D.C. All of those issues are sitting out there for that reason, and that's a very difficult fight. Uh, the best defense attorney in Minnesota is Jack Rice. Once again, jackricelaw.com, jackricelaw.com. If you have a case you want to talk to him, give him a call. Go to his website. He'll sit down with you, straight talk from him, and he's obviously 
incredibly well-schooled on the legal aspects of all this stuff. So you're going to be in good hands with Jack. So jackricelaw.com. That's jackricelaw.com. Travel safe back from Atlanta, my friend. Are you kidding? And all, all of our, our listeners can go out and have dinner with us. You and I, we will just we will travel the city, travel the state, and we're going to find the best walleye, the best pho, the best uh, spring rolls, the best pasta. Come on. I tell you what, you come. I got some places on the west side. I'm going to bring you over to the west side here. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll get you uh, set up in a few places. All right. Uh, let's make that happen. I'm starving. <laughs> Jack Rice. Thanks, Jack. I really appreciate it, my friend. See you, brother. Take care, Jack Rice. Jack Rice Defense. Once again, JackRiceLaw.com. Call him. Sit down. Talk with him. All right. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.